CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Right. Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, and the Chicago Reader. Benny J, take it away. Every Wednesday, every Wednesday, Monroe Anderson joins us uh, from his lovely home on the north side of Chicago, having done some Tai Chi. Uh, he turns the TV down so we don't have to hear it, uh, and he talks politics with us. I'm going to ask him about Michael Madigan. I'm going to ask him about Lori Lightfoot. I'm going to pick that big Chicago brain of his. Or we start, of course, with national, because that's generally what we talk about, Monroe. And I got to say, uh, before we had this whole cheat sheet that uh, we, let me see, by the way, did you put some on Facebook? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't think so. Uh, but yeah. we had this whole cheat sheet of things to talk about. And then I, right before I went on air, I read this article uh, that I didn't refer to you uh when we were doing the pre-show, because I hadn't read it, obviously. But it talks about Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion pandemic relief bill, which is very popular, according to polls. And they quoted this kid who used to work for uh, uh, Obama as a press secretary. His name was LeBolt. After that, he worked for Rom. I remember when he worked for Rom. And I just smile when I said this, because obviously this kid's been listening to the Ben Jarofsky show. Quote, Biden's not going to be judged by the margins he gets in the Senate. Uh, the biggest change from Obama is a failure. The biggest danger is a failure to deliver what we promise. In other words, what LaBolt is saying is it doesn't matter if Biden needs 50 votes plus Kamala Harris to pass that $1.9 trillion pandemic relief bill. He's right. not going to do what Obama did and spend weeks searching for the lone months. Republican who will join him. Months, months, uh, not weeks, months. Months. Come yeah, on, months. please. Right, I need a Republican. Right. right. He, you'd only need, and this is this was my argument. I I know we talk national politics, Monroe, but I was talking about this with the budget with Mayor Lori Lightfoot. What do you need a big you need 25 votes in the city council? Your vote's a tiebreaker. That's it. And you pass a budget. It doesn't matter if it's 48 to 2 or 26 to 24. And it's the same principle in Washington. And do you think, Monroe, that the, the fact that this Rom had, this Ben LeBolt kid who worked for Rom, that he is saying this to the New York Times, do you think that's a sign that the Dems finally Oh, no, they're understand? doing it. They're doing it. You know, what, what Biden is, is trying to do is demonstrate that he was serious about lowering the temperature and trying to be bipartisan. But he knows, I mean, he, he, there have been all kinds of signals that the Republicans are going to be Republicans. 
that they're not interested in any sort of bipartisan anything. They're, they're running, they're already running for next year. <laughs> they're running for 2024. So their thinking is that if they can prevent Biden from doing anything significant, then it, it, it drastically increases their, their chances of winning back the House and the Senate. And so that's their focus. Um, and that's, that's how they're going to play it. And so Biden has, Biden's going to pass the COVID-19. The only thing that's up for question right now is whether he can keep the $15 an hour minimum wage in it or not. The parliamentarian will rule on whether that's possible or not. And if it's not, then he's, he, he's willing to take it out. There are some Democrats who say that uh, because we got the votes, we can overrule the parliamentarian and keep it in. But yeah, what he doesn't I, want to go that far. I urge him to do so. I see this. This is the problem with the Dems. <clears throat> uh, this is the problem with the Dems. They first of all, as you pointed out, they act as though that there's a spirit of bipartisanship that exists in Republicans, and it's absolutely non-existent. No. And then they act as though that they take serious the cockamamie studies that come out of things like how uh, raising the uh, minimum wage actually hurts people who get the minimum wage. Do you follow what I'm saying? So they allow themselves to be played on two fronts. And I was really hoping that, like, in this particular case, they wouldn't even listen to the cockamamie theorists who say, somehow or other, if you give a guy a raise, it's bad for him. You know, it's like reading a Chicago Tribune editorial. (laughs) <laughs> yes, he's getting more money, but it's bad for him. Huh? What? I, so I'm really hoping. I took this as a, a positive sign. No, they're going to, they, they, um, Biden will put it through. He will put it through because it's popular. I mean, it's, you know, everybody wants it, but the Republicans in Washington. And they don't want it because they're for um, welfare for the rich but not for anybody else. Yeah. Rich in the corporations. But that's right. it. Uh, speaking of Republicans, we've been having fun with this story for a while on the show. I don't think I've talked to you about it. Uh, Neera Tandon, who is uh, Joe Biden's nominee to run the Office of Management Budget uh, for years, was an obsessive uh, Twitter head, and she'd be uh, sending out tweets at all hours of the night. And battling A lot of it was battling Bernie uh, supporters. She was, yeah. she was, a, she loved Hillary a little too much. Right. Uh, and as such, she was still didn't get over 2016, blaming Bernie for 2016. Monroe has been known to head down that path every now and then. Um, but, uh, and so now, of course, she's being held accountable uh, for her tweets. I'm all over the map on this particular story. I'll get into what I object to about Neera Tannen. Uh, but like it, your thoughts on this, Neera Tannen, should she be, uh, ruled out as head of the Office of Management and Budget because she was a chronic tweeter, or do you think it's unfair? Go. I think it's unfair. I, I think it's it's unfair. I'm I'm a fan of hers because um, she was a regular uh, interview on MSNBC, and she was very sharp, very critical. 
Uh, but that's the problem. I mean, it would be almost like if Biden decided to get um, have you or me put on the um, <laughs> in some cabinet position, how that would fly <laughs> with the Republicans. <laughs> now that's a problem. Well, two problems. Um, there's there's some suspicion of misogyny. Uh, if she were a white guy, she'd squeak through more than likely. At least that's that's the theory. But um, they were, you know, B- B- Biden being um, Biden, he was thinking, and his people were thinking that she would be able to get through because she because she she would be historic, the first South um, East Asian. Appoint, appointee uh, and a woman, so she she'd be two two first, and that they could get her through on that. Uh, the Republicans are looking for heads, and so and, and hers was the biggest one to go after. So that's what they're doing. And then you got um, Joe Manchin, who um, is. Um, uh, a quote moderate, and and who who was voted for um, bad bad two years on the Republican side, but now suddenly he's he's grown a conscience and he doesn't want to uh, vote for anybody who, who would divide <laughs> the Senate as if they're not divided already. All right, you, there's a lot to uh, follow up on, including Joe Manchin. I'll put him to the side. I'm with you. The utter hypocrisy of the Republicans to act as though they're astounded, they're aghast at Nira because she's a chronic uh, Twitter head. She tweets right. obsessively. Right. And she does have a problem, by the way, Monroe. Or she did have a problem. Just saying, she had a problem. Um, and and the, they are the party of Trump. They swore loyally to Trump. Whatever Trump tweeted, they obeyed. Trump was, of but, course, okay. In in their defense, wow, that what this is a moment in defense of MAGA. Go ahead. Hey, hey, they would say that they wish he tweeted less. <laughs> <laughs> they did. That was their thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. I, 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 know I, like, like, I don't like the tweets, but other than that, he's yeah, a great, great guy. Yeah, <laughs> you should just t- tone down the tweets a little bit. But yeah, yeah, no, I have heard that a million times. But I never saw them once vote against him because of the tweets. You know oh, no. what I'm saying? You know, no, just mild. No, no, no. So the, I agree with you. The utter hypocrisy of. them uh, punishing her for her tweets. Here's the part, and I I almost know what you're going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because this is how I feel. I'm disappointed in her because she put the tweets out. A lot of them I agreed with, by the way. That that Cruz had a bunch of, there are vampires with more heart than Ted Cruz. I think that you could say that's factually an accurate statement. I know know literally there's no vampires in the world, but all right, metaphorically speaking, you know, they have a greater heart than one of the most heartless people in the world. So she took the tweets down when she got And you remember that Donald Trump uh, said that um, Cruz had an ugly wife and that his father helped kill um, Kennedy. Yes. 
Yeah, those seem to be slightly nastier uh, tweets than what she did. Yeah. However, uh, hers would be held against her. Yeah. And Trump's as well. You know, that's Trump. So Monroe, the, my part is why take them down? This I, I, let me just articulate my thought here and get your reaction. But it's like you put it out there. Everyone mm-hmm. knows you put it out there. Obviously, right. you believed it when you said it. You probably right. still believe it. Yeah, I don't yeah, see yeah. what in the world Ted Cruz has done lately. We'll get into Texas in a little while. What in the world Ted Cruz has done lately that would motivate you to break from that opinion that he's a heartless creep, which is what he is. Yes. I think most Republicans would agree with that. So why take it down? I It's like you're what you I, my my guess is like, you know what, folks, I was a private citizen. I had my political beliefs. I put them out there, but now I'm going to be a public servant and it's not appropriate for me to tweet. I got to get along with you guys. It means uh, I don't always like you, but I'm going to have to deal with you. So I'm not going to tweet anymore, but I stand by what I tweeted. What's the matter with saying that? Why take down the tweets and then the apology? Nicole, I'm so sorry. I really. Because she's trying to get the job. That's <laughs> how. <So. laughs> <laughs> and so if that will do it, then that will do it. That's what they're advising her. She's not she's not doing this on her own. The 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 uh, Biden administration people are saying you are a long haul right now. And this is try this and we'll see if we can get you through. You know, they canceled they, they were supposed to have the um, committee vote today and they postponed it because they're having trouble. Even she doesn't even have all the Democrats now. No, she, once right. Manchin went, look, you know as well as I do that once Manchin, they, to get her through on a straight party vote, they need 50 50 with Kamala Harris breaking the, uh, the right. right. Once Manchin said that he wasn't going to vote for her, they needed at least one Republican to make up for his vote to get to the 50. None. Mitt Romney said he wasn't going to do it. Susan Collins said she wasn't going to do it. I don't know what Lisa Murkowski said. Those are the likely. Murkowski hasn't said anything. She hasn't said anything. She got cards close to her vest. Right. And so. so Murkowski may be a Democrat this time next year. Well, I hope she is. Yeah, right. Just get rid of that. that That's my advice to all those uh, anti-Trump Republicans. Just leave the party. Yeah. Because they're insane. That's my advice to Adam Kinzinger. Right. Uh, here in, in Illinois. Just leave the party. The party is freaking insane. The gubernatorial candidate nominee for the Republican Party against Pritzker is probably going to be some MAGA hat wearer, Monroe. That'll be an embarrassment to most mainstream old time Republicans. So just right. leave the party left you. You should leave the party. Right. But um, so, but my point is. But then uh, what, what we end up with is more mansions. Yes. If they got elected, yes, we would. Right. Well, what right. would you rather have? More mansions or more Lindsey Grahams? Uh, right. <laughs> Which, okay. 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 That's fair. That's fair. Which Lindsey Graham? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, Maybe one or two of them, Mike, it would be okay. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. He skipped. Remember that speech on January six? We right. all know he won. We right. all know he won. And then, like a week later, right. uh, a, little, a little uncertain. 
Right, right, right. Exactly. You're right. What a weasel that guy is. All right, right. Tommy Tumble, Tumbleville or whatever his name is, the coach who's now yeah. the senator from Alabama. There you go. Hardcore Trumpite. Whatever you say, Donnie, I do. Right. Uh, right. So I'd rather have – I would rather have more Joe Mansions than hardcore MAGA. That's what I'm saying. You're, what about you? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, right. If we had enough other Joe Mansions – then it wouldn't matter yeah. because we'd have enough of a number where we still could get it through. It's just at this particular delicate period in our history that we have to worry about things. But this is classic uh, Michael Madigan style politics. So follow me on this. Once Joe Manchin said he wasn't going to vote for her, uh, and that put her nomination in jeopardy. That meant if another Democrat votes against her, he's not the deciding vote. Manchin took the hit as being the deciding vote. And so right. that other Democratic senators say, I'm not going to vote for her either, uh, which in their mind it's uh, will prevent them from getting attack ads against them saying, you know, primary. he's, you know what Everybody I'm saying? afraid of being primary. That's yeah. Because, or, because the... The the our our type of Democrats are, are gaining in power and and, um, and 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 pushing hard. You know, AOC may challenge Schumer. Good. Yeah, she's she's just really seriously thinking about it. And I and if she challenged him, she may win. You know, uh, I would welcome that. Although I think she's a. Uh, She's a great force in Congress, but obviously Senate has an even higher profile and more significance. I was thinking of AOC. This was not part of our pre-show planning, but I was thinking of AOC because uh, Amazon, the state of, I think it was state of New York is suing Amazon about uh, conditions in uh, their warehouses uh, in, in New York. And I was reading that article and I was thinking, my God, things have changed. It was only two years ago that, New York State, Andrew Cuomo, who I'm really down on these days, uh, and uh, Mayor de Blasio were teaming together to give uh, Jeffrey Bezos and Amazon untold billions in assistance to bring their headquarters to Amazon. And it was AOC, newly elected congresswoman from the Queens, from Bronx, who stood up and said, what a waste of money. A (laughs) former former waste, yeah. Right. Stood up and said, "What a waste of money this is!" And Monroe, she sparked like a mini rebellion in New York, and Amazon pulled away from the deal and said, "Forget it." And right. they uh, ended up in uh, what is it, uh, suburban Washington. So it's it's like, oh my God, how much? Just because one congresswoman, recently like congressman, had the guts to defy the machine, if so to speak, their yeah, machine. Yeah, I mean, but she she has a a, a, a following. You know, she won, She could have won in, in two different congressional districts in New York, the one she won in and one other. She, uh, I mean, that's how popular she is. And she's very articulate, and she knows how to speak to the everyday person. And so, I mean, it wasn't just the oneness of her, but it was the one and that, that's, in that situation. I mean, well, that uh, a Schumer AOC showdown would be incredibly expensive, incredibly entertaining. Yeah. You know, Schumer would not be as easy a candidate to defeat as 
the feller, Joe Colley, that she defeated for Congress, who right. was absentee, didn't fight back. You know, Monroe, Schumer wants that position. Oh, he's yeah. got to fight hard. Oh, yeah. No, that's this is why he's becoming more Bernie like by, by the week. <laughs> Pretty soon you guys will be saying, fill the burn for Schumer. <laughs> There's no, no truth to the rumor that he's now growing like a. Uh, uh, a little ponytail on the back and uh, wearing a leather jacket and smoking reefer. Oh, that's but he's, <laughs> he's heading in that direction. All right, help me out with Joe Manchin. Okay. What, what What's the deal with Joe Manchin? Joe Manchin is from a redneck state. And he has to be, quote, moderate, or, or they would run him out, out, of, out of state on a rail. Tar and Featherman run him out on a rail. So he has to be, you know, he's he's no nonsense, pragmatic, and um, that's the only way he can stay where he is. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's that's the reality of the situation. Well, I'd rather have his vote uh, on a one point nine trillion dollar stimulus package than yeah. have his vote on whether uh, Neera Tandon gets to be the head right. of the office. So if I had to pick and choose, right. I would take the former. Would you, you're the same? Right, right. And I think part of why he's probably opposing her, now this is my speculation, but I think the reason is so that he can say to his folks back home that, you know, I've, I, 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 I'm not in, in anybody's pocket. I'm, I'm being fair and square, and you know, and I'm looking out for us. And then, they, and back home, they're going, "Yeah, that Joe boy." The West Virginia accent is that of Monroe Anderson, and does not in any way reflect. Dennis was making fun of me because my downstate accent, but your West Virginia accent is equally bad. But your point, I agree with you. That's what he's doing. Uh, he's trying to make himself look as though he's independent of right. Joe Biden to give him cover to right. vote for the one point nine trillion dollar, yeah. and then right. he can, that's a game he's playing, which is, which is popular. So in, in Western, it's popular everywhere, literally, but in Washington among Republicans, everybody else loves it, and and um, the the Republicans the, the Republicans hate it because um, they're worried about the deficit. <laughs> they don't they don't want. I mean, it, it it's good for right now, but then your grandchildren are going to be paying for this thing. Yeah. <laughs> no. so, but actually, they don't want it because that will seal the deal for next year. Mm. Once this, once this bill, once once this law is passed, and everybody's getting the fourteen hundred dollars, and um, and and people are beginning to get back to work, and the virus is is fixed, and what are the Republicans going to run on? Yeah. Because they don't have a platform, they didn't have a platform for twenty twenty. Period. Uh, no, if not in jail, so he's he's not going to be the great leader that he imagines himself right now. No, I'm with you. 
pass it, pass it as quickly as you can. Uh, and then as you were advising last week, uh, take a page for Mayor Lori Lightfoot, take full credit for every check that everybody gets, go around the country, you know, clipping every ribbon right. that you could possibly clip. Right. Uh, don't pull yes. an Obama uh, and go to sleep on it vigorously. Keep an eye. That well, was Obama didn't go to sleep on it. That was, you know, no drama, Obama, Mr. Modesty. You know, I mean, he, he wasn't asleep. He was just being Obama. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of sleepy, yeah, uh, right. if not technically uh, asleep. Right. All right. He's being cool. Yes, he's cool. That's what he is. Right, he's cool. right. Very cool. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's not sleepy, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, he, all right. He could hit the three-pointer from, from the corner. Out of the yes, yeah. yes, he did. He was very proud of that. I had to give him credit. It's like, whoa. Yeah. He was wandering through a gym, picked up a basketball, right. shot a three, and it went in. Because as you uh, know, a corner shot is the hardest one to do. It's actually the easiest one to do uh, for a three. And take it from a guy who used to go to the corner. That was my game. I'd run to the corner and hope someone would pass me the ball. Uh, all right, let's get to, to a little Trump talk. And um, uh, in the last week, since you were last on the show, the Supremes uh, said, sorry, Donnie. Uh, you do not have some kind of special privilege uh, that prevents the state of Illinois, uh, state of Illinois, state of New York from looking at your tax returns. So you're going to have to turn them over to the prosecutors in New York. And uh, I believe that ruling was the beginning of the end. No, it is the beginning of the yeah. end. It is. I mean, it's they're uh, They're going to prosecute him in the same method that they do crime uh, crime bosses the mafiosa which they've been gotten very good at sending mafiosas as, as we know to prison that's how they're going to approach this they have a um, financial forensic person they hired about uh, six or eight months ago or so um, they're now bringing in this guy who is very good at I mean they they are loaded for bear Mm-hmm. And, and they will they will get him and what I think they're going to get when they when they go through it is that he has been laundering rubles since the early 1990s there isn't anything new uh, you have been predicting that on this show uh, since I've had a show Right. That, that that's what's hidden uh, in Donald Trump's uh, secret financial papers. Right. I mean, there are other things like he's not nearly as rich as he says he is. I mean, he's a he's he he's a a millionaire many times over, but he's not a billionaire. Uh, uh, yeah, and we uh, the other point being with the Michael Cohen point uh, that he claims one thing uh, to. Uh, the taxing authorities when he right. wants a tax break on property says the building's not worth much. Right. Uh, and he claims, claims another thing on his federal taxes when he's trying to deduct as much as he can. So he's uh, essentially committing perjury. That's the allegation that Michael Cohen made and it, he's going to pay for that. Right. Uh, well, that's also could be called bank fraud. Yes. <laughs> and um, it is white collar crime. 
So, Monroe, I have a question. Uh, do I owe an apology, in your humble opinion, to Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett? Uh, for the longest time, I was predicting that they would be Donnie Stooges on the Supreme Court, or worrying that they would be Donnie Stooges on the Supreme yeah, Court. Yeah, you do the owe them an apology. I never thought that would happen. That is a for life job. So, whatever it took, if 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 if, 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 if Dottie had demanded that they uh, play water sports with him for a night, <laughs> they would have to get that job. Because <laughs> once you're there, you're there, and you have the power. Now, the thing is, they are still right-wingers. You know, by philosophy. That's what they are. So, uh, but, uh, but they, but the thing is, they, they, they are trained to be lawyers, mm. and judges, and and um, you, and Trump was so far out of line on all this stuff. You know, he 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 thought that um, he was hiring uh, Michael Cohen, putting this Michael Cohen in the Supreme Court. Yeah, <laughs> but that's just how stupid he is. Yeah, I I, uh, I I admit I actually thought. Well, I believe that Clarence Thomas has a passionate hatred for liberals. That and, is so- black and black people. No, he, he hates blacks. You think uh, Clarence Thomas hates black people? Not, he doesn't hate black conservatives, does he? Um, not, not, not a one of them. Not a, one out of all ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, he doesn't hate Armstrong, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't hate Armstrong. Um, Wait, go into that a little bit. What do you think Clarence Thomas' attitude is toward black people? He hates them because he there was this whole uh, there's this color phenomena among blacks that is not nearly as strong now as it was when he was a child. And so he, you know, he was poor. He was dark skinned, and so he was not popular. Uh, and as he grew, I, I think I've told, said this on this show before, but I have seen a photograph of Clarence Thomas um, at a friend's wedding back in the the eighties, late seventies, early eighties, where he's dressed like a Black Panther. You know, black leather coat, beret, or what have you. Uh, but he made he made his transition. He, you know, the, the Republicans. He got him a white wife. You know, <laughs> <Ron>, yeah. <you know. laughs> so he's he's there, and uh, and he showed he showed those Negroes he don't need them. You know, he did. He he. he in talking about how blacks were going to hate him and people going to hate him for his positions, he said he was doing push-ups and going to the gym because he's going to live a very long yeah. time. But this is a revenge thing he's doing. Well, that that's that's my point. Uh, I wasn't viewing revenge against uh, black people, but I was thinking just revenge against liberals uh, and uh, putting aside his attitude toward black people. He has this clear, passionate dislike to put yeah. it mildly. 
ultimately yeah. for liber- right. white liberals. Right. You can't stand well, them. Yeah, well, his wife is that way too. I mean, she, you know, she, uh, he's 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 making her and her family happy with what he's doing. Yeah. But you know, Monroe, I'm just thinking about this. I have to say this. To me, Clarence Thomas, it it's such a trick bag because I remember so clearly the anger that he responded uh, to uh, to white uh, liberals who criticized him, saying that you just want a black man who says what you think, and you don't like me because I'm off the plantation. And I remember thinking at the time, you just went on another plantation. Right. You know, oh, it's yeah, like... <laughs> it's, right. Now, there's, there's this woman, uh, Stephanie Tressel, who used to have a radio show. Mm-hmm. And she, 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 on Facebook, she's always going with this plantation business and repeating these Republican talking points about how they're exploiting black people and we don't know about it. We, we haven't figured it out, you know. And I have pointed to her in, by trolling her that we have a, 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 a black mayor, woman mayor, we have a black county president, we have a, a, a black woman who's the uh, deputy governor, assistant governor, uh, lieutenant governor, I guess. Uh, we have the, uh, a state's attorney, black state's attorney. If, if, um, if, if the Republicans would exploit us that way, I'd be a much happier man. Because <laughs> we had a black president. Yeah, like Democrats. So for them to talk this foolishness about how how the dim the, the Dems are just exploiting black people, and now with with Biden and with us having delivered Biden, we're getting a whole lot of respect. Yeah, black people did deliver Biden. Let's be uh, clear about that, ladies and gentlemen. The margin of victory in Wisconsin came out of Milwaukee. The margin of victory in Michigan came out of Detroit. The margin of victory in Pennsylvania came out of Philly. Uh, and, of course, in Georgia, it came out of Atlanta. And it's right. not a coincidence, Monroe, that the Republicans, when they tried to uh, reverse the election and take it from Biden, who won it, and give it to Trump, who lost, did it on the their their strategy was to get courts to approve throwing away thousands and thousands of black votes. Exactly. It's unbelievable. Just get rid of Detroit. Hey, we win the state of Michigan. Well, they get to vote too, Republicans. Right, right. Um, No, But that's part of the Republican problem right now is that they feel and think that the only votes that should count are white people. Yeah, that that's the real vote. Anything else is bogus. Yeah. All right, but going back to uh, Clarence Thomas, I actually believe, and uh, that he his hatred of all things liberal uh, and all things democratic is so intense. And Alito, I think, is the same way. That they would vote. It would be just a gut level feeling of hatred for the other party. And I thought Kavanaugh was that way. I wasn't sure about Gorsuch, but Kavanaugh expressed such uh, hatred toward the Democrats in that second hearing. Remember, he went after Hillary Clinton. I go, oh, it's another Clarence Thomas. He's going to be on that bench for 30 years hating on Democrats. But this is where I feel like I may have to apologize to Kavanaugh because he's shown 
less uh, just knee-jerk uh, hatred but for Democrats. You know, it's just like with Kinsey here. He is an enlightened Republican, but he is still a Republican. Kinsier. Yeah, yeah okay. Kinsier. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. He's still, you know, I mean, he's, you know, so don't expect miracles. No, I don't expect miracles. I, I wouldn't yeah. even call him enlightened. I'm just saying, you know what, Kavanaugh, I owe you a I thought he'd be a total, utter, flunky, lackey for Trump. I predicted that uh, in many conversations with Jim Coogan, and I was wrong. He's, yeah. He, uh, so I got to give him credit for that. I didn't think Gorsuch was in that same boat, even though Trump appointed him. But I thought, and I was worried about Amy Coney Barrett, but you're right. She's like, she's showed from the giga. I'm, now I'm on the Supremes. I don't need you. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. I don't need right. you. Right. right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's close by going local like we always do. Uh, Monroe Anderson uh, for years, uh, years uh, as journalist here in the city of Chicago, knows how Chicago politics works. And of course, he was press secretary uh, for Eugene Sawyer, Mayor Sawyer. Uh, so two things uh, I'd love to talk to you about on a local issue. One is my, Michael Joseph Madigan stepped down uh, as, well, Speaker of the House, but also chairman of the uh, Illinois Democratic Party. And there's now a competition to replace him. Uh Speaking of black women, between two black women, uh, Robin Kelly, who's a congresswoman from the second congressional district uh, uh, in the southern suburbs uh, outside of Chicago and a little bit in Chicago, uh, and alderwoman Michelle Harris of the eighth ward on the south side of Chicago. So just to your point, Monroe, the next chair of the party will be a black woman. Right. Um, Do you have a... Do you, uh, what's your, do you have a favorite in that race? Do you, is there a general, you have a feeling where the Democrats in Illinois should be heading? Uh, what's your thoughts on this? I've, I'm, I met Madigan um, when I was press secretary, Sawyer's press secretary. And the mayor of Chicago kissed Madigan's ring back then. So whoever I, I I don't know I, I don't know enough to predict who will get it, but whoever gets it, it's going to have to work a while to get anything like the power he amassed. And my guess is that he that she won't get it because she's a black woman. Those uh, the, the the Democrats downstate, the Democrats. Um, Southeast and Northwest are not going to be as um, agreeable with her as they were with Madigan. I, I hope I'm proven wrong, but that's that's my suspicion. Well, my suspicion is that whoever gets the gig will be uh, Mike. I mean, it's really interesting. I thought that. Uh, I was going to say whoever gets the gig will be obligated to Pritzker. And that's what caught me off guard. Uh, Pritzker came out early for Michelle Harris. Uh, then all of a sudden, Robin Kelly emerged as Dick Durbin's uh, candidate. And so I'm right. like, wow, that caught me off guard because I just thought they were just going to, whoever you want, JB, since you're probably going to be funding the party, uh, <laughs> and it's your neck on the line in 2022. Right. Uh, and so I was a little caught off guard. I was a little... Well, I say, but, but JB's not playing that way. He's not a, a he's not a uh, homegrown Chicago Democratic machine politician. 
So his mentality isn't exactly like that. Not yet. It may, it may by the time a couple more years pass by, it may become that way. But, you know, he's, 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 he's not that way. Monroe, I cannot remember. I actually can't remember. We were reminiscing at the start of the show about the 2018 gubernatorial election. I voted for Dan Biss and Letisa Wallace. Uh, Dennis was, has been endlessly teasing me about that. Dan Biss, by the way, just got elected mayor of Evanston. So he yeah. went from running for governor to uh, running for uh, mayor of my hometown. Who did you vote for? I literally cannot remember. Who did you vote for? Fritzker. And your, and your argument was it was good to have a billionaire at the top of the ticket? No, no, no. no. I liked what he was saying and that, that that he picked a black woman as his running mate. Yeah. Well, so did, uh, of course, it took Danny Biss a while to get there, but he had Letizia Wallace. Uh, but uh, you're right. Pritzker from the get-go at Juliana Stratton. Right. It's it's coming back to me. I remember you coming into the show on the radio show the, those days, and I would be for Biss. I wasn't for Pritzker. It took me a while to... Uh, Go to business, but I and also it was my position that um, we need our billionaire to beat their billionaire. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. my recollection. That position too. Yeah. Uh, all right, and we'll close with Mayor Lori Lightfoot. I got uh, we're talking a lot about this, uh, and I wrote my column about it this week. A little smile on my face. The budget games that mayors play. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot took COVID aid that. Uh, uh, she was uh, pretty much free to spend on anything she wanted related to COVID. <laughs> She spent it on the Chicago Police Department. And then when she got called on it, you know, when uh, uh, the alderman discovered, pointed out uh, that this was money that should go to COVID aid, uh, there were two reactions. One, she had her budget aid go to the city council and come up with some cockamamie explanation how it really was COVID related, which of course the cops, nobody believed. Cops get COVID too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then Lori Lightfoot's response was, what a dumb question, how just stupid these people are. And I'm doing you a favor by spending the money uh, on the police budget so I don't have to raise your taxes, you nincompoops. So leave me alone. Uh, It's a... Old game in Chicago politics, uh, Monroe. Uh, Yeah, see, unlike the federal government, you don't have a money printing machine if you're mayor of Chicago. And when you're, what is it, a, a billion dollars? Or how, how much is Chicago's budget in the hole right now? Oh, who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, can't remember, like, but it's a lot of money. Anyway, yeah. so you try and you, you have to try and patch the holes in, in, in any kind of way you can. But um, I'm, I'm sure you haven't forgotten that this. I think you were around when the lottery was first instituted and all the money was going for education. And I don't know how long ago that, that went bye-bye, but the money yeah. doesn't go for education. No, it goes into general revenues. And yeah. actually you, you pointed that out when you were explaining what, in your opinion, why the fair tax fell, fell apart. Uh, people remember that was, that's, that sticks with us. And this is the problem of playing games this way. Uh, Monroe, okay, play- let's, let's do this. You got you got these huge um, holes in the budget. How would you f- patch them? How then? What would you do if it was if, Mayor Ben? If, yes, if it was Mayor Ben. <laughs> because if you come up with the right answer, I'll be your 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 campaign manager. <laughs> Monroe, just the notion of me being mayor of Chicago is so far fetched. But it's like I would be looking for. 
Uh, I would look, be looking for the most progressive forms of taxation I could find to tax rich people. And I would be defeated every step of the way. Uh, first of all, in a million years, I wouldn't be elected mayor anyway. Right. Uh, and, 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 and the rich people that, that, that you tax would move to Indiana. They would make Gary great again. <laughs> God, no, now you sound like a Republican. You've been hanging around no, Willie Wilson too much. I live among rich people. I'm That's not, true. I'm not, I live among them, so I, I have a clue. <laughs> he knows what they talk like. In the old days when he would leave his house, before the pandemic hit, he'd go for walks. He'd bump into various rich people and tell me about his conversations with them. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, like well, one one of my neighbors is uh, a city planner. He wrote the the he 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 wrote the Steve Steve Friedman. Yeah, he's a consultant. He's not a yeah, planner. He's a consultant. He's a, consultant. I, yeah. he's a TIFF consultant. He yeah. did. He, he did what I could do, only he made a fortune. I spent my life pointing out what a scam it is, and he's like, man, why are you wasting your time? I have um, had conversations with him, and he has a very careful defense of it. And he goes by dollar by dollar, he explains exactly how the money works. And it, it, it makes sense to me. I yeah. actually I would like for the three of us to get together for a drink sometime. Well, because he, he, he wants to argue with you. He won't do it on he won't do it on, on air because there you go. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah, because he he, he um went on air talking about it. Yeah, he'd lose that business. I'll tell yeah. you what, I, I look forward to going and having a, a, a drink with you and him, maybe a few drinks, because that's what it would take, a few drinks, to make sense out of the Chicago TIFF program. That's for certain. you got to be drunk. All right, enough TIFF talk. He very excitedly says that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> by name he said Ben Jarosky doesn't know what he's talking about and, and then he just reasons <laughs> yeah and then I say this to that uh, until he's ready to come on publicly and the, one guy is public putting his neck on the line behind what he says and the other guy is walking his dog down the street saying oh yeah Boy, he has two dogs. Oh, he has two dogs <laughs> with gold-plated collars, which I paid for with my tip dollars. Yeah, and 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 a, and a home in in, uh, in Vermont. Oh man, and what's the scene? <laughs> Why wouldn't he defend the tip program? <laughs> I'm a broke-ass reader writer in my attic. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right, Monroe, stay right. safe and sound. You have a, you have one shot. You need another. I don't have any shots. The scam with the uh, vaccines is driving me crazy. But I got a feeling, Monroe. I got a feeling Johnson that and you Johnson. and I, Johnson yes. Johnson, is going to be on the market in a um, in a week. Let's on, by Tuesday. By Tuesday. So by Tuesday. if we get those vaccines, we're going out. We're going to have right. lunch together, go to drink right. together. I haven't seen you in so long. Just see right. you on this uh, image. Yeah. But uh, I just. By, by the end of April, if you want to come back to the studio, I'm there. Oh, I don't know if we'll ever go back. There to the is studio. no studio. I, yeah. I, mean, we're, we're, I think it's going to be like this. Uh, 
But uh, all right, very good, Monroe Anderson. Stay safe and sound. Talk to you real soon, all right? All right. Okay. All right. Bye. That's the legendary Monroe Anderson. Yes, his neighbor is a, a TIFF consultant. Loves TIFFs. And why wouldn't he? <laughs> TIFFs have been very, very good to him. Got him that house in Vermont. D, I should have been a consultant on TIFFs. You know how much money I would have? You good should. God. You should. I'm marking on your calendar right now uh, for when you go out with Monroe to drink. Let me see here. July 2023. Okay, great. Dude, you're staying in that <laughs> attic forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, my beloved Evanston movie theaters. I saw the paper. They're going out of business. Oh no, it's this freaking pandemic. D, I was hoping they could hold on. Well, I love those movie theaters. Well, we do have a podcast. Maybe we should get the new mayor. Put him in the hot seat. Talk to him about it. Throw him on the show. Danny, Dan Biss, if you want to spend your Evanston TIFF money getting those movie theaters back, I'll just look the other way. I'll just pretend it didn't happen. I go, oh, I'm looking over here. I don't see what's going on over there. Yeah, yeah, the country's divided and uh, pandemic, all that. What about that theater? Yeah. You ever been to that theater? I love that theater. It's like, you know, one of those multi-screen theaters, and they had a great bar. And Oh, and the uh, piano, the piano bar? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. You remember I've been there. It. Yeah. Yeah. I just love going to that place. And, um one time I bumped into Terry Cosgrove. Oh, my. He had to go and see the movie. By the way, he'll be our uh, guest at 4 o'clock. We'll be talking. But well, how about that? You'll be able to, yeah. You're almost there. You'll be able to download it by 7. We're talking to him at 4. <laughs> but you'll be able to download uh, it by 7. Actually, we won't be able to download it until the weekend. Because, yeah, it's a bonus. Oh, job. man, that plug went to <laughs> shit. All right. <laughs> Let's do the back half. Oh, and by the way, Monroe, feel free to go to the studio. I mean, we won't be there. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> We're no longer at the Suntime studio, but go ahead. Go in there. You know what? By then, follow me on this. Follow me on this. We'll have that camera fixed, and I'll set up a little. I have a desk here uh, in my attic, and we could sit around the desk. Monroe could visit me in my house, and then we could go drinking afterwards. Nah. Okay. <laughs> well, just threw it out there. What's the back half, young man? We do have updates. Uh, we do have breaking news. Today, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot presided over the city council meeting. And don't worry, we will have David Glowatz on the show soon to cover what went down. But hey, this cannot wait until David's interview, all right? Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot was caught on a hot mic again. You've seen this on the internet, right, Ben? No, I... Dutifully. <laughs> the following comes from the Chicago Sun Times and Fran the Woe Man Spielman. The headline reads Lightfoot caught on a hot mic again, this time using profanity during city council meeting. Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez Benefoot Board. Uh, she's your uh, Alderman, 33rd Ward. That is correct. Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez concluded remarks on a Black History Month resolution. And Lightfoot can be heard muttering, you got to be fucking kidding me. Lightfoot quickly texted Sanchez, telling her the profane remark had nothing to do with what the alderman was saying. <laughs> Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Wednesday got caught on a hot mic again at a city council meeting. And uh, yes, uh, Rosanna Rodriguez wrapped her remarks on a resolution on Black History Month. Once again, Lightfoot muttering, you've got to be fucking kidding me. The mayor's profane mark was circulating on social media within minutes of the slip. Lightfoot wasted no time texting Sanchez to say the profane mark had nothing to do with what the alderman was saying. So it's kind of read the same thing like two times there. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, 
You know I'll be taking a deep dive on this one tomorrow, D. You know I will be. Uh, we should bring Rosanna on the show. She hasn't been on in a while. Great guest. Uh, I don't know what if it didn't have anything to do with what Rosanna was saying, why did she say it after Rosanna said it, if that made sense? That was just my initial thought. Uh, so I'll have to take a deeper dive in this. But, uh, yeah, Mayor Lori Lightfoot has some issues, T. It's not the first time uh, she has cursed at an alderman. This, this may be the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, you're our expert on mayoral aldermanic relations. This may be the first time she's dropped the F-bomb at an alderman. Because wasn't it? Wait, now I'm all mixed up. Who called? Who dropped the F-bomb at who? Ray Lopez to her or Mayor, Alder, Mayor Alderman? Mayor Lightfoot to Ray Lopez? Well, and technically that wasn't a meeting. That was a, a leaked call, right? No, that was a, well, it was not a a quote unquote official meeting. It was an illegal meeting. It was in violation of the Illinois Open Meeting Act. Uh, But it was a a meeting of the aldermen with the mayor in the aftermath of the May, what was the 29th weekend when uh, there was violence throughout the city. Uh, And uh, Raylo was, it was supposed to be a private briefing in which the mayor uh, updated the alderman on what she was doing, how she was on top of everything, how the police were on top of everything. So it wasn't technically a city council meeting, it was a briefing, and it was illegal, in my humble opinion, because there were too many uh, aldermen there, should have been a public hearing. But anyway, I think... Raylo um, said fuck first. Yeah, yeah. She said, uh, you're full of shit, and then, yeah. So, it's new ground for the uh, Mayor Lightfoot. First time she ever dropped the F-bomb, okay? <laughs> and in this case, she apologized. So she's learning, D. Right. She didn't apologize to Raylo, did she? No, no, no. She didn't apologize to the uh, head of the Fraternal Order Police dude. Remember when she dropped the F-bomb about him? No, 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 no. So she's learning. Dee. Must be some internal polls saying that uh, you know, public doesn't really like it. Even Northsiders. I don't know. Northsiders love her no matter what she does. She can do anything. And they would love her. Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez said the mayor sent a text saying that her staff brought something to her attention. And that was her expression to what her staff brought to her while she was presiding. <laughs> and Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez said, I'm going to take her words as the truth and I'm going to move on. Asked if Lightfoot had apologized. Sanchez said it wasn't an apology. It was a clarification. She texted me to clarify that what was said was not in reference to what I said at the time of Lightfoot's second hot mic clip. The city council was debating a resolution honoring black history month. Hmm. I don't know. Dave, what do you think? You think that's legit? Oh, me? You think she was? Yeah. Come on. Put down the hot spot here. Do you think Lori Lightfoot was responding to something an aide gave to her uh, when she said that? Or do you think she was responding to what she just heard from Rosanna uh, Rodriguez? Go ahead. Who do I look like? Joanna Klonsky? All right. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's call it talking into us. Finally, more news on Michael Madigan. Another resignation. Did he finally step down as Capitol Building Hall Monitor? No, not yet. But... One of his replacements already resigned. And Ben, we may have a new record. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. The headline reads, Millennial resigns three days after appointment to legislative seat. Madigan filled for half a century. Edward Guerra Carat offered, I butchered that one, I guarantee it, (laughs) offered his resignation from the Illinois General Assembly on Wednesday, just three days after he was sworn in. Carat's resignation comes on the heels of a Tuesday night statement from Madigan and Alderman Marty Quinn. 
Quinn, suggesting Kadat step down because of, quote, allegations of questionable conduct. Uh, let's see here. This is a quote. It says, after learning of alleged questionable conduct by Mr. Kadat, it was suggested that he resigns as state representative for the 22nd District. We are committed to a zero tolerance policy in the workplace. Now, I mean, before, maybe not, but now we are. The statement did not explain what the questionable conduct was. Yeah, so bizarre. I I, I think I said this to you before we went in the air, D. Michael Madigan was the state rep from the 22nd District for 50 years, approximately 50 years. His replacement lasted three days. We went from 50 years to three days. That's got to be some kind of record. Uh, yeah, and you're absolutely correct. Michael Madigan ran a loose ship when it came uh, to matters of sexual harassment. He essentially looked the other way, uh, and that's what got him in trouble in the first place with Lena Hampton's allegations, which she substantiated with emails that she was being harassed by one of uh, Madigan's uh, top uh, political operatives. And uh, when, uh, all, uh, when the dust had settled, a couple people had quit. Uh, Madigan had pledged to change his ways. Uh, there was investigations by Democrats. It was the beginning of the end for Michael Madigan, in my humble opinion. So it's really bizarre, D, that he, even though he says he walked away, he's still like stuck. You know what I'm saying? It's like he quit as party chairman, he quit as House Speaker, and he quit as uh, state rep. And this embarrassment now still keeps him attached uh, to the seat he vacated. So he's still the Democratic commitment of the 13th Ward. That means there's going to be uh, a reconvening of the Ward committeeman to pick a replacement because now the vacancy exists again. And so he'll still have the most weighted votes. So he'll still be in a position to uh, pick his successor. Very bizarre story coming out of the Southwest side. And, and D, it just goes to show you how Michael Madigan's operation is just completely falling apart. Cannot imagine this kind of breakdown in the old days where the machine, it was the epitome of the machine in Chicago, supposedly so organized. And that was Madigan's reputation. Every detail he took care of. He was the most cautious, careful politician in the world. Never made a mistake. Held his cards close to his vest. She didn't know what he was thinking. Played the game three steps ahead of everybody else. And now it's just a shambles. Like, again, I'll say it. 50 years. Right? Is my math correct? Yes, it is. Almost 50 years he was the state rep. And his replacement lasted three days. Uh, folks, the Democratic machine in Chicago is dead, okay? I think we could just take that war horse, dig a hole, and put it in there and cover it up because it doesn't exist anymore. Ed Burke, good God, Ed Burke, this is what I wrote about, in the city council was like a north side independent raising questions about spending patterns by Lori Lightfoot, and she was mocking him for being dumb, for asking the questions. She was treating him the way all powerful machine mayors would treat independent aldermen back in the day. And he was the epitome of the Democratic machine. And now you got Madigan, he can't even get it together to, to come up with a replacement. The, the other titan in Chicago machine politics, Joe Berrios was defeated. Uh, from the north side, the last of the Richard Mel was defeated. 
uh, from the north side. His daughter was defeated. I think it's about time we just say the machine is over. But, D, you watch. People are still talking about how anytime they announce they're running for officers to come in, I'm fighting the machine. <laughs> the machine's over, guys. It's dead. It's through. Michael Madigan can't even get it together to name a replacement for himself. If that doesn't indicate that the machine de- is dead, nothing else will. All right, everybody. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com and wherever else you download podcasts. Uh, the previous weekend's Benny J bonus interviews are up there. Our interview with Maya Duke Masva is available as well. Uh, look for our interview with Terry Cosgrove and others for this weekend as well. So much content, all right? Over 900 episodes. Go check it out. Remember, you can also send us an email, Show at gmail.com. Leave your name and where you're from if you'd like us to read your email on the program. Reach us on social media at Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And hey, Let's keep the trend going. Getting a lot of calls lately. 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. Be like Jim. Be like Kathy. Be like Mike Girardi. Be like Doogie. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show. Leave us a voicemail. There's a good chance we will play that voicemail on our program. I don't want an answer. It's not something you ignore. Full of shit is what I think. If you think we no offense, fuck you then. Who are you to tell me I'm full of shit? The no offense part gets me every time. Raylo, Raylo, Raylo. All right. Want to thank Monroe Anderson, outstanding job as he always does. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy, all in all, without whom the show would be possible. And as Raymond Lopez and Lori Lightfoot will tell you, back home and on. They call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Face coverage. This little light of mine. This little light of mine. I don't want an answer. This little light of mine. I want an answer. Let's begin with phase one. I want an answer. This little light of mine. I want an answer. I'd love to win a Grammy. I want an answer. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.